everybody and welcome to a new episode of Evie's Korean Drama Podcast Show. My name is Evie, I'm your host, and I am a K-drama obsessive. So this is the show where I waffle on about all of the K-drama that I love. If you'd like to support the show, you can check out my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Evie Korean Drama Podcast. There you will find extra podcast episodes and updates on what I'm watching at the moment. Also, just before I get started, please be warned that I do swear a little bit on this show when I get excited. And when I'm talking about K-drama, I always get excited. Alright, so I thank you very, very much for listening and let's get on with the K-drama show. everybody and welcome to a new episode of my K-drama podcast. I am so crazy excited to chat with you guys this week about the drama that I have picked to talk about, which is called Watcher. Um, I feel like Watcher, is a, this one is an OCN crime thriller and like it really is. It is dark as fuck. Um, I feel like it's such a hidden gem. Like I don't remember it particularly kind of making waves or, you know, being talked about. And um, so I watched this one in 2021, but it actually came out in 2019. So I'm a bit, a little bit late to it, but there was like, I don't even know what happened, but everything aligned to make this the most perfect watching experience for me. I feel so excited. I feel like it really hits my personal taste in these kind of like really dark detective stories that I really love. Um, but it has, it's just so good. But I also think that the moment that I watched it, like I was in the mood for this. It's crazy how much I wanted a dark detective show. And I, so I thought of this drama, picked it up and it was fucking perfect. So anyway, I'm waffling already. <laughs> I feel like I should start at the start. I'm a little bit excited. What can I say? Um, I think it's just that whole thing of, you know, I've been watching K-dramas for so long. Um, I love so many. I feel like I see so many good K-dramas every year, but always, you know, well, usually there's like just one or two a year that sort of are, you know, just that little step above everything else. And I think that's kind of a personal thing. Like, I think it's, you know, like I said, it's watching something at the time that you feel like that thing and the personal taste around the particular genre and the casting and the, you know, all these kind of things aligning just to create the most fucking perfect K-drama watching experience ever. And I feel so excited that I have a new drama now to add to those, you know, this list of absolute all-time favorites that I have that I guess is a growing list. It's getting longer and longer, <laughs> which is not a fucking bad thing, is it? It's a good thing. Watch more K-drama, I say, and then add more K-drama to your favorite list. Um, so I feel very, very pleased and excited to have discovered this K-drama because I missed it. You know, it came out in 2019, but I've only watched it now. Um, so as I record this, this is 2021. Um, and I, yeah, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I did hear about it. I knew it was coming out. This one stars So Kung Joon. I'm really all over the place with the way I'm talking about it, but it does star uh, the actor So Kung Joon. So I had my eye on it because I like him and I'm just interested in what he was going to do. Um, but yeah, it's, it, I'm really only watching it now. Okay, so I'll try and do this coherently <laughs> in the way that I normally would. As you can tell, it was great. No, I meant to say, as you can tell, I fucking loved it. <laughs> so I don't, I'm going to try and be like, you know, tell you guys about it as an actual drama and try not to just fangirl about how perfect I thought it was, but we'll see. Um, so I guess I can't, I can't even remember if I said it now. So Watcher is from 2019. So it's 16 episodes. It's from OCN. So of course that means stylish, you know, really well shot, um, dark as fuck, like really dark. And this one is a crime thriller. So like fucking murders all over the shop. Like it gets really, really dark. Um, so I guess I want to say straight up, this drama is so twisty and turny, so kind of like tightly plotted. I thought the writing was incredible, but it's such a twisty, exciting show, I think, to go into blind. Uh, So I do want to say that if you're listening to me rave about this and OCN crime thrillers are something that you enjoy because, you know, this is a real gritty detective kind of noir, I guess. I kind of want to say, I don't know if that's quite right, but if that does sound like a genre that you like to watch, um, I definitely, if you haven't seen it already, I definitely suggest watching it, but I also majorly suggest watching it with no spoilers because this show is like every episode finishes on like a hook and you're like, I cannot imagine how they're going to get out of this situation or, you know, who's going to backstab who or what's going to happen. Like, I feel like the twists and turns were so unexpected for me in this and just so many of them that I kind of love the fact that I didn't know anything about it. There was no spoilers for me. And I feel like that really enhanced my experience of watching it. So I guess what I'm saying is if you haven't watched it and a crime thriller from, you know, an OCN gritty kind of detective story, starring the wonderful So Kang Joon, or Dr. Romantic himself as well, I might point out, um, is your thing, probably stop listening to this and go and fucking watch it. And then come back and listen to me fangirl about it after that. Uh, Definitely best to go in spoiler free. But anyway, I'll just keep talking. Um, So why I watched this is, I think, interesting for me. I don't know if it's interesting for you guys. But whatever, I'm going to tell you. So this one, like I said, came out in 2019. And I did kind of had my have my eye on it in the time to- at the time. And I actually did watch a couple of episodes back then. Um, I p- must have picked it up. It must have been in 2019, I'd say. Um, and I, yeah, I just started it. But I think I was really tired. Um, it was quite late. And I watched two episodes, but I didn't really take it in. And something I have to say about this show is it is so, like, so fast paced, but so fast paced in a complicated kind of, you know, crime, corruption, mystery way that you have all these characters, like, just whip smart, kind of throwing dialogue at each other about complicated conspiracies, basically. And you have to be really fucking switched on to remember all the characters' names so you know who they're name checking and who they're referring to and, you know, what kind of suspect or murderer or criminal they're talking talking about. So I guess what I'm trying to say is don't fucking watch this one if you're feeling sleepy because this is not a sleepy time drama. This is a like eyes wide open, you know, keep up, keep up. Um, Because I think if you do keep up with this, you know, really fast moving 
an exciting plot. Like, oh, it's so well written. I was so excited by this show. Um, so I obviously was very sleepy when I watched it the first time. I couldn't remember anything about it other than it was very serious and it looked, you know, very stylish and great. Um, and so for whatever reason, um, I, I can't even remember why. I think I must have been reading a detective novel. I think over the last year or so, I've just gotten really, really into gritty kind of detective stories. I find mysteries really interesting and particularly darker ones um, kind of my jam. And I was really in the mood for that kind of show. Um, which is interesting because I feel like in K-Drama Land, I've just been on the biggest binge of every light, fluffy, romantic thing ever. And I have really, really not wanted anything densely plotted or anything dark. I only wanted romance and I wanted it silly, um, which you can probably tell from like a lot of the, the K-Drama podcasts that I've been putting up lately. Um, and then I just suddenly flipped and suddenly I was like, I need something gritty and dark and like, you know, good, obviously. <laughs> and I just for some reason thought about this drama. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I tried it once. Like I wasn't that into it, but I'll give it another go. And I can never forget the fact that I think last year um, I kind of revisited some dramas that I had started and dropped in the past. And I was so grateful that I did because they turned out to be absolute gems to the point that I have no idea why I dropped them. And I think so much of that for me, I don't know about other like listeners and, you know, K-drama watches, but I feel like my experience of enjoying a drama or not is so much about my mood that I think I should be a little bit more thoughtful of that and not kind of just try and watch it because everyone said it's good. If I'm not in the mood for it, wait until I'm in the right mood for that particular genre, because I think then it's going to connect with me better. So um, I, th I guess that's what happened. I don't know. I wasn't in the right mood for Watcher, um, which is why I got to experience it so wonderfully this year. So the funny thing is um, I started watching it uh, pretty much just under a week. I think like Ooh, like maybe six days or five days before I was actually going away on a holiday <laughs> and um, on a holiday with no K-drama access, I might add. And I, I was like, that's cool. You know, like I'll just start this drama and I'll, I'll watch the rest when I come back, whatever, who cares? But like I was going away for two weeks. And so I started this drama and I was like, I cannot fucking go away until I know what happens at the end of this drama. Like, I cannot. I have to watch it. So I got up. <laughs> I got up. I just marathoned it on the last day of the weekend, um, just hours and hours. And then when I was back at work for the, the three days before um, we went away, I got up at 5 a.m. so that I could watch as much, like an hour and a half or more if I could, in the morning before I went to my work. <laughs> and then I'd come home from work and straight away watch some more. And I just like, I binged it so hardcore in the shortest, shortest amount of time. And it was fucking glorious. It was the best thing. And then when I was at work and not watching Watcher, I was thinking about Watcher and I was listening to the soundtrack of Watcher while at work on repeat over and over and over. And I changed all my phone um, screenshots to Watcher backgrounds <laughs> and my computer at work too, which I'm sure is going to freak out my co-workers who are not K-drama enthusiasts and maybe don't understand my mad obsession. Anyway, <laughs> that's why I watched it and how I watched it. And um, that's probably enough of that madness. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. So I'll just talk a little bit about the casting before I get on with the setup. So there's kind of three main characters in this drama. They, I think they've all got equal billing and they're all 
I feel like get a huge amount of screen time. They get their own kind of in-depth character studies, in-depth stories, and they're all very integral to the main plot. So one of these characters is um, played by the actor Han Suk-gyu. So this actor Han Suk-gyu is Dr. Romantic himself from the K-drama Dr. Romantic Teacher Kim. So I guess he's also Teacher Kim. Um, I like this actor. I think he's very, very good. He's... In this drama particularly, he was like, you know, this is very different to Dr. Romantic. It's, and I love Dr. Romantic, um, the first season, which is the only one I've seen, um, which I really liked him in that as well. But I feel very taken with um, his whole performance in this. Like he plays this, you know, slightly older, or not older, but older than, you know, So Kung Jun is the other lead role, but um, kind of elite detective in this big police headquarters in this uh, city in Korea that isn't Seoul. And I've forgotten which city it was. Um, and he's a corruption detective. So his whole thing is to search out corruption within the police headquarters. And because of that, obviously, all the other cops hate his guts because he's sort of sniffing around and causing problems. And, you know, they're just like, I just want to get on with my job. Fuck off. But he's like, no, this is a really important thing. Um, I really liked him because he's very... He's kind of very contained and understated. He's very quiet, like very softly spoken, but there is a lot of weight to his performance. I thought like he really fills the room, like he's got charisma and I don't know, I just thought he was wonderful and really suited the role. And then I think was a perfect, like that kind of character and this kind of strength, but very contained, you know, quiet kind of power to him, I think really kind of, uh, I guess, went really well with the other character types who were quite different. So they all really complemented each other once they formed, you know, this little detective team or whatever. So um, the actor Han Suk-kyu, um, who plays this elite detective, he plays a character, so I'm just going to call him Detective uh, Do Chi Guang, I think. Do Chi Guang is his character's name. So he was fantastic. So good. Oh, I loved him. Uh, so So Kang Jun, uh, and of course he is from like everything. He's from Are You Human 2. He's also from I'll Go To You When The Weather Is Nice. He played the second male lead in Cheese In The Trap. And he's in some other shit as well. So um, this was interesting for me. I feel like I'm on a big like So Kang Jun train right now because I'm watching kind of like well, not watching all these dramas, watching bits and pieces of all these dramas. <laughs> um, but I, you know, the first time I ever saw So Kung Jun was in Cheese in the Trap as the second male lead. And I loved him in that. He was so good. He stole my heart. I just died that he didn't, you know, have the happy ending with the female. Oh, spoilers. Sorry. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> anyway, he killed me. Um, and so I was so excited to see what he would do after that. And I feel like for me personally, he was in some stuff that I didn't really care about after that. Like I remember he was in Entourage, which was like a Korean remake of the American show. And I wasn't that crash hot about the American one. And I didn't like the Korean one. I liked him, but I didn't like his character. And I just sort of dropped it. And I feel like he was in some other stuff that I just sort of never picked up. And I, I just kind of stopped maybe caring, I suppose, because it'd been so many years at that point that I'd sort of seen him. And then I watched him in a fucking half an hour toothpaste ad recently. And I was like, right, I think my love for this actor is gone. <laughs> um, that was that. Uh, what's it called? Love Fresh? Terrible. Don't watch that. <laughs> Total shit. <laughs> 
Uh, so yeah, that really put put me off. I wouldn't say it put me off, but I was just like, that was nothing. I don't know if he has any charm or charisma or anything going. Um, but then I just decided to give Watcher a go for all the reasons I already outlined as in, you know, I just felt like it. So I did. And he is so fucking good in this. Like, I I think it's really interesting because K-dramas are so wildly different in tone. You know, you, you have these kind of, I guess, comedy roles that kind of call for actors to be quite over the top or very dramatic, overly dramatic, very comedic and silly. And then to see someone who I suppose I more associate with roles like, you know, him being a robot or something, just a little bit silly to see him in this, which is like just so, I don't know, like I guess more, is this, I don't know if this is the right thing to say, but like acting focus, like you can really... I don't know. Like, I was so impressed. I suppose it's the difference between maybe watching, say, an American American actor in, like, a big Hollywood blockbuster and you're just like, yeah, that was cool. But I don't know if they can act or not, but, like, I liked it or I liked them in it. And then you watch them in, you know, like a gritty indie flick and you're like, whoa, they can really act. Um, so I don't know if that was <laughs> a completely ridiculous comparison. But what I'm trying to say is that So Kang Joon is an incredible actor and he is so good in this. Like, I loved his character and I thought his performance was amazing. And I think he was like, I don't know if he was given a very complex character or if it's the way that he chose to express this character through his performance. But I felt like his character was this mad mix of contradictions, like, like just so much going on with this man that you see not through dialogue or him saying anything because he's very self-contained in terms of like, you know, his tragic backstory and all this kind of shit. Like he's not expressing his feelings throughout this drama, but you get it. You know what's going on and you see everything in his eyes and just in these smallest kind of expressions. Like I thought it was so good. And you know, what do I know about acting? I know nothing. <laughs> so uh, take it or leave it, but I thought he was amazing. Also, So Kang Joon is very, very pretty, and I really liked him in this. Like, it's a little bit more gritty. It's a little bit less about him being so pretty, I suppose, and I kind of liked that. Just, I don't know, he was just playing a normal dude. And, like, yes, he's very, very extremely handsome, but I kind of liked just seeing him play someone who isn't, like, a flower boy, I suppose. Um, I thought he was just so good. Like, he... I'm a bit taken. It was amazing. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> All right, moving on, because I should. Uh, so the other, like the third sort of main build actor is um, played by an actress called Kim Hyun-ju. Uh, so Kim Hyun-ju, I kind of recognized her face, but I looked up her list and, you know, I really didn't know anything else that I kind of felt that she was in. She's sort of of a similar age to Dr. Romantic actor, or maybe maybe a little bit younger, I don't really know. Um, and she plays a lawyer in this drama called Han Taeju. So she plays a very, very fascinating character. Again, um, uh, so she used to be a prosecutor, her entire life got fucked up, and now she's finally sort of crawled back and come back as a lawyer, but she's pretty scary. She's pretty ruthless. She has a goal and she doesn't necessarily care what happens to other people. Very interesting. Um, there's also a zillion other faces that you will recognize in the cast of this drama and they were all great. Really, really great. I think just really great casting, but also I loved it. So, you know, maybe Maybe I'm biased. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, so uh, this is the point where I ask, should you watch it? Like, yeah, fuck yeah, go watch it. 
<laughs> Although I worry, like I always get worried when I talk something up to such a huge extent that someone will go watch it and they'll be like, you know, why, why? I mean, I don't know why. Why this drama? Why did it grab my heart in a way that, you know, I've watched a lot of thrillers and the last kind of crime, sort of crime, but sort of thriller, I suppose, that really I can remember destroying me <laughs> or making me do weird things like take a day off work or get up at 5am uh, was the OCN drama Save Me slash Rescue Me with Pekyon, Soyeji and um, Udo Han, which I just loved. I loved that one so much. And this show is completely different, but I feel like I had that same level of just being completely addicted and just wanting to, I don't know, if it was a pool, I'd dive in and I'd live there forever. <laughs> What does that even mean? All right, I'm going to tell you guys a bit about the setup before I, I don't know, explode. What am I going to do <laughs> from fangirling too hard? All right, I'm going to go. Okay, so I don't know if this will be possible because it's me, but I'm going to try and keep my discussion on the setup of this show a little bit brief because... I just cannot even express how packed tightly with plot it is. I feel like a thousand things happened every episode and to even try and kind of untangle it feels very difficult to me, but I guess I'll do my best. Um, but I think there's no point going too far into it because just so much happens that it's insane. Um, I think the first episode is so good. I enjoyed it so much. It opens with like straight away this really cool shot of like this police car just driving through like, you know, super low light, um, blue sort of evening dusk kind of air through the city. And it's just at a weird angle. So you kind of outside the car at the back looking at, you know, the lights on top as it's just like cruising through the city and the lights are on. And then it kind of comes into this police station and we see this like little boy, this kid, and he's sort of like he's covered in blood. His feet are like there's, you know, he's clearly been walking around in pools of blood. Basically, he must be like, I don't know, nine, ten, something. I'm not really sure. Kids, they all just look the same, like same age. How can you even tell? I don't know. Maybe he was 15. He wasn't. He was like nine. Oh my gosh. Um, so also I'm talking about a kid who's covered in blood. I shouldn't be laughing. Oh my gosh. Um, so I'm just getting hysterical now, but I'll get back to it. So small child covered in blood in a um, police station. And he's obviously like shell shocked. Like he's so in shock. He's just staring. And, you know, it's this kind of thing with music and slow-mo and there's just you know, officers all just kind of walking around everywhere around him, but no one's sort of interacting. And then finally, a group of people come to stand right in front of him to talk to him and ask him, you know, like, who did it? Who did it? And the camera's sort of panning up. But we never see who is asking this question. And next thing we know, we flip to the future. Um, so I'm, I can't really remember like, you know, exactly what scene for scene, obviously. But basically what happens is we catch up with this young boy in the future. Uh, his name is Yonggoon, uh, so played by the actor So Kung Joon. So he is a traffic cop, which means he's, you know, driving around on a motorcycle. He has like mad aviators and is just dressed like, you know, like a normal beat cop kind of thing. And he pulls over a car because this car was speeding. And he's, you know, there's this really tense scene where he's kind of like asking for the guy's, you know, license and stuff. And the guy in the car is just, he's just being a bit weird. Like he's really pale. He's sweating. He just looks real edgy. So you know that Yonggoon has just pulled him over because whatever issue, but now his hackles are raised and he's like, what's going on? I thought it was a really interesting introduction to this main character of Yonggoon as well. Like 
he's so capable in this drama but I think not in like a special snowflake way like you feel that he could really be this kind of person um but he also I don't know he's very multifaceted I suppose as well like he's quite reckless in a way but not in a not in a reckless way that he will make mistakes that hurt other people but he will he's reckless in almost a self-destructive way where really he just has a goal and he will do anything to get it even if it destroys him but he's not about destroying other people um very interesting character um and you can kind of see that i think in this very in control way that he handles this really weird situation so he's just getting like really edgy about the whole thing and he ends up like asking the guy to open his boot and when he opens the boot of this car there's a little boy's shoe in there so again he's sus he's like what's going on so in the end um Yongun gets stabbed up slightly by this guy in the car obviously you know a bit of a car chase ensues because he's just like straight on his bike chasing and they end up on foot and he's chasing this guy and this guy grabs a little girl like you know kidnap and drags her into a house nearby, but Yongun quickly, or after a little while, realizes that that was actually this man's daughter, and something weird is going on because he calls in like police backup, but within two seconds, like way too soon, two very elite detectives from the headquarters are there, which means they were already on their way, right? Um, and he gets the impression now that maybe this guy that he found in the car was running away from something else when Yongun happened to pull him over and get involved. So these two elite detectives turn up um, and they are, they're kind of, I don't know, they're menacing and they're scary. So one of them is a particular sort of character from the drama, um, he's, the character's name is Herong, uh, played by an actor called Ho Sung Tae, who, you know, you'll recognize his face. Uh, he's very good at playing a very scary dude, I thought. Um, interestingly enough, the second this dude's on screen, you're like, bad guy? Bad guy. I reckon this is this is the bad guy. And the way the show handles like that initial assumption around this dude, I thought was really interesting. And from a writing perspective and story perspective, I thought really clever. Um, so, yeah, I guess Yongun just gets wrapped up in this really weird situation where these two elite detectives are kind of like, okay, we've got it, piss off. But Yongun feels funny about it. Like, he doesn't like the fact that they've gone into the house with this guy who, as far as Yongun knows, has a girl, like a little child as a hostage, that no other backup's been called, and that they're trying to get rid of him. So they go into the house and they lock the door. So Yongun has been, you know, explicitly told to wait outside. But that's not really in his nature. So eventually he like bashes the door down, turns up inside because he can tell something weird is going on. And he finds the two elite detectives wearing like, um, you know, like gloves, like forensic gloves. And it's all fucking sus. Like it's really weird. And you get the impression he stumbled on something extremely corrupt. Um, so all this stuff happens and eventually because he's there, he kind of foils whatever it is these two dudes were trying to accomplish. But because they're of much higher rank than him, in the end, they end up arresting him and bringing him into, I kind of, I feel like the guy gets away or I know, I think they actually arrest him. Like it's very complex and <laughs> I've clearly forgotten what happened. Um, but Yongun actually kind of gets not sort of like fully arrested, but he ends up in an interrogation room with these elite detectives and they're they're all like really trying to because he really he he refused to listen to them and they're kind of saying oh you've you know fucked up our arrest it's your fault that things went wrong or whatever because things get really crazy in this room um 
And I, again, I really liked the way Yongun is in this kind of um, interrogation. Like he's, there's this smart aleckness to him. Like he's very, like he smiles back and he's very um, back chatty, but not in, I don't even know how to like, quite describe how he is it's very it was really interesting to me because I think for so much of the drama he's very kind of stoic and you know you don't get a huge amount of his emotions but then when he's in these situations that kind of call for it he's very comfortable to sort of stand up for himself and really just go for the throat with people who are much higher rank than him. And he always does it with like a very sort of antagonizing smile on his face. This is very interesting. Um, but anyway, basically what happens is Yongun gets caught up um, in this thing that's going on where we're guessing that these elite detectives are involved in some sort of very bad corruption. It turns out that there is a criminal in jail who has a little tiny son who has gone missing. And it looks like that um, that maybe, you know, this this guy who stabbed up Yongun, who has had already been shot or something, who's now in hospital, was is the only one who knows where this kid is because most likely he's the one who kidnapped this kid. Um, so it's all very tangled and interesting immediately. And it's also interesting because the particular elite detective, um, so I'll just call him elite detective Heron, um, Maybe I should just call him the guy who seems like the bad guy. <laughs> anyway, so elite detective um, Herong immediately clocks Yongun. Like he he's interested in this guy. And you get the impression like he really doesn't know where he stands with Yongun. It's like, is this guy my friend? Is he my foe? What's happening? And so there's this really interesting dance with kind of like loyalties in the show where, you know, uh, elite detective Herong is sort of trying to get Yongun over on his side, trying to like suss him out. And Yongun himself is kind of trying to let these elite detectives know that he's no narc. Like he's not going to, you know, go tell, I guess, the upper management that he thinks something fishy is going on if, you know, he doesn't want to get on the bad side of them. So it's a very interesting, but you do kind of get the impression that Yongun also has something else going on with him but you can't imagine what because he is a traffic cop you know um and then we get our main character detective um chi guang who is you know dr romantic i think i'll just call him dr romantic that seems easier doesn't it so dr romantic is um a you know he's a corruption detective basically only investigating internal corruption within the police force so he starts getting involved because he's got his eye on these two elite detectives and he thinks something's going on and he knows well he knew Yongun's father and of course it turns out that Yongun's father like I don't know how many years was it like 20 years yeah, it must be like 20 years earlier or something like that 25 years earlier was on the force and it turns out we find out that Yongun's father is in jail and has been for 25 years because it looks like in Yong in like this pol little police family's apartment where Yongun used to live when he was nine or however fucking old he was, um, that his father has murdered his mother in front of him and then gone to jail. But then the whole drama is basically about 
I mean, it's about investigating all this internal corruption, this really scary stuff, but there is this mystery at the heart of it, which is Yong-Goon's story. And the thing that's the most fascinating thing about it is Yong-Goon is the one who gives the testimony to say that it was his dad. He saw his dad murder his mother, and now his dad has been in prison for 25 years, and Yong-Goon feels complicated about it. But the thing that's kind of causing him the most... I don't know, like doubt and guilt is because he is now as an adult, isn't really sure if he was right. He He's questioning his memories and he thinks he doesn't know. He doesn't even, I think, kind of want to open that box, but also he needs to know the truth. And so, yeah, I just really liked it. Like you never quite know what his agenda is. Like, is he out for revenge? Is he out to find out the truth? Is he just a traffic cop? Like, is he trying to run away from this past or what's going on? And I think the point in the drama where I was really like, oh, okay, like he's not letting go. Like he's definitely got a goal. And that goal is to, I guess, get the people, if it wasn't his dad, find out who it was. Um, You find out that ever since, well, he went away for a while when he was nine to live with relatives, but they were shit. So when he was a teen, he went back to this apartment. And ever since then, since he was a teenager, Yong-Goon has been living in the same apartment, which is very Spartan and bare, that his mother was murdered in, in front of his eyes. Very interesting stuff, like really quite creepy. (laughs) Um, So basically what happens is, you know, um, Dr. Romantic comes down from his anti-corruption thing and sort of manages to get Yongun out of this very kind of bad, unstable situation where he's potentially about to get kind of framed, I suppose, for doing something bad or negligence or, you know, going against orders and potentially about to get in a lot of trouble in the police force and kind of pulls him onto his little anti-corruption team. Or they sort of start just working together at the start, but eventually, you know, they're both on this team. And meanwhile, we meet this lawyer. So she's a very scary lawyer who gets brought in for this, you know, this little boy's kidnapping. Everyone's trying to find the kidnapper and she's been brought in to, I'm sorry, the little boy who's been kidnapped and she's been brought in to represent the kidnap, the guy who was the kidnapper, who's the guy from the car that um, Yongun pulled over in the beginning. So she's very interesting. You do not know where her loyalties lie. She's basically representing someone who has kidnapped a boy and representing his interests um, on behalf of, I think, getting paid by the kid's father, who is a mad gangster criminal in jail. And you find out that she's a very intense, scary woman. But you also find out that, I don't know how many years earlier, when she was a prosecutor, her and her husband got tied up in their apartment and both of them had their thumbs cut off. And this is the introduction to kind of the main villain of the whole piece, which is someone who is going around cutting people's thumbs off, but not just, you know, anybody. And that's, you know, it's all to do with police corruption. And so these three end up on the same team, but um, Teju, lawyer Teju, is, she's there as a consultant, basically. And they also get assigned like a kind of a rookie police um, officer as well, who's this young woman, uh, played by the actress Park Juhee, who I don't know, hadn't seen her before, but she's quite nice in this. I liked her very bit kind of small role. She's the one who's always at the office that they call when they need information or whatever. Um, but she still has a bit more active stuff to do as well. Um, and her character's name is Suyon. Um, so it's really interesting to me when the team gets formed because they're all on the same team. And so if their goals align, they all work together very well. 
But sometimes in the drama, their goals do not align depending on what particular thing it is that they're looking into at that moment. And none of them trust each other. They all really majorly don't. And as a viewer, you trust Yongun. You believe that he is very damaged, but a good man who isn't going to hurt other people. But the other two, so Dr. Romantic and Lawyer Teju, you do not know. Like you really, the show kept me guessing for so long about what their agendas were, what they'd done in the past and what they wanted. And even once we started to realize what they wanted, both of them are very interestingly ruthless in different ways that you're never quite sure how far they would go to get those things they want and what they might sacrifice. And I think that is the main theme of the entire drama is this idea around, you know, if you have a grand vision for, you know, what you're trying to achieve, do the means justify or does the end justify the means? That's the right way to say that. So like, does it matter what kind of dirty methods you use to get what you want if what you want is, you know, good and golden? Well, for the lawyer Teju, it's revenge, so hers isn't so golden. But for a lot of the characters in this, it is about lofty ideas. But then if you get dirty trying to achieve that, then aren't you just dirty? Like, does it matter if what you're trying to achieve was good? You're not good, you're dirty. So very interesting, I think, discussions and nothing in the show is black and white nothing is easy nothing is simple everything feels complex and I love that because obviously that is how real life is nothing is simple there is no just straight up good and bad to the point where once we start to meet you know these very corrupt individuals you you don't you're not on their side but you understand the progression that led them to be who they are and you can even you know sympath or not I don't know maybe empathize a little bit with where they're coming from even if you kind of know it's no good so I talked a lot more for my setup than I thought I would of course and I feel like I covered probably the first you know in detail the first 20 minutes of the first episode <laughs> it's a very densely plotted show it's amazing it just kept me guessing all right, so uh, that's probably enough of that. <laughs> All right, so I feel like I could talk about the show forever, um, and I probably will. <laughs> uh, so some stuff that I fucking loved, um, and I added that in because I fucking loved this stuff. It was so good. Um, so from the very opening shot, I think it looks really great. It's a very darkly shot kind of drama I think it looks really good I feel like this is just an OCN thing I don't know um but yeah very very cold and clinical but kind of stylish in that way if that makes sense and very gritty you know a lot of bodies and creepy places but something very aesthetically good looking about the way that stuff's shot does that make sense <laughs> I hope it does um so it's very atmospheric I thought um and I also really liked the music. There's a lot of just really nice score, but there's like some really f kind of fun sort of theme stuff and really good theme, like, I guess, songs and, you know, ballady kind of stuff. And then there's a mad sort of um, main theme that keeps coming up. So every episode starts and then you get to a point where someone does something cool or is worried about something and then everything goes into slow-mo and this cool theme comes on. So I really liked that. It was very fun. <laughs> um, so like I've said, 
a lot. The writing in this, I think personally, for me, I thought it was incredible. I thought it was so well written, like consistently surprised me. I felt very in the dark about people's motivations and motives and just it was so murky in where people's allegiances lay and I was consistently surprised. And I think the funnest thing about that is that our three main leads, you know, they really worked together but then suddenly when you think they've bonded, you think they're all like, yeah, they're on the same team finally after all this push and pull suddenly one of them will get an opportunity for something and they decide that that's more important. And, you know, it all starts again, but not in a merry-go-round kind of way at all in this very darkly believable kind of story about what it's like to, I mean, they all have these intense traumas around their past, which is why they, you know, sort of kind of come together on this particular case in the end. Um, I found it very, very fascinating. And I just, the writing was amazing. Um, so I really, as I said, really, really love So Kung Joon in this as Yongun. I think Yongun was such an interesting, fascinating character to me. Um, he's very capable, but like I said, he has this, uh, it's kind of a reckless streak, but in this very self-destructive sort of way. Like we'll have these scenes where, you know, fight scenes, like particularly in the first five episodes, I feel like he gets stabbed multiple times he gets hit over the head multiple times he gets nearly murdered throughout the drama multiple times and he you know he's never wants to go to hospital he never wants to take time out he's so driven to the point of you feel like he's just going to collapse one of these very dogged determined types in a very scary way almost but at the same time there is this uh, yeah, smug is absolutely not the right word and smart alecky is not quite right either. But there's this tendency that when he's sort of, you know, facing up to say authority sometimes, like not he's in his team, but like, you know, baddie authority or whatever, he's so like smiley and like, I don't know, sort of smart alecky. I just don't have quite the right word for it, but I really liked it because I felt that that kind of thing would seem to me in his characterization very at odds with this, you know, this young man who obviously leads a pretty crazy life of he just sits in this barely furnished apartment where his mother was murdered, where he's gone through the worst trauma in his life and he doesn't move out. Why? Because if he moves out, he feels like that's letting go, which tells you so much about his internal world in that he's still holding on to it. Like you can't imagine this guy going out for a movie on a date. Like that's clearly not something he does. He works all the time and then he goes home to this shit place, which has the worst memories. And I think that it's just really intense and he's really intense. Um, and I think obviously the guilt, like that was another thing that I thought was so interesting in this drama is realistically, I think eventually it comes out that all three of our main characters have this immense guilt over what happened. And really all three of them played a part in putting Yongun's dad away for the murder of his mother. So, um, Dr. Romantic, we do find out actually, um, 
doctored some evidence because he believed it was the right thing to do. He believed that his friend on the police force really had done this murder and that he was going to get away with it. He knew he was already corrupt. And that's another interesting thing, even though the drama really plays with the idea of did Yongun's dad do it or not? We still know that Yongun's dad did do a lot of corruption and bad things. So he's not like, you know, some perfectly good, you know, shiny individual. He is definitely capable, but maybe not of that particular thing, though we don't know for a long time. Um, and Teju, of course, we find out that realistically she was the one that pushed the young boy Yongun into making, you know, the original statement that said that he saw his dad. And, you know, I don't think she fully... Maybe she seeded the idea in his head. I don't know. So very, very fascinating stuff. This guilt, I think, really very interesting. Um, so what else do I have? Um, so I've just said I really, really love in this drama the idea of, this, you know, the line of what is right and wrong and how the characters, but everyone are consistently sort of stepping over it. And I think that that, you know, that's what the drama is about, like the idea of doing something good, but maybe stepping over the line to do it. And then what does that make you? And I think that that whole theme is really embodied, um, particularly by the character of Do Chi Guang, who is Dr. Romantic. <laughs> um, he is, you know, he, he's so softly spoken, but he has, has this like quiet power about him and all his interactions. And you really feel like, you feel like he's a good guy. You really like it. He's very likable. You feel like he's a good person who's going to do the right thing. And then there are moments in the drama where, one, you find out that, you know, he's quite responsible for potentially a man innocent of murder going to prison for murder. You also find out you see him do some questionable things throughout the drama and some that had me very, like, quite shocked. And I loved it. I loved that he kept pushing what I expected him to be okay with. Um, very, very interesting. Uh, so again, I really liked Han Teju. So I really like Dr. Romantic in this and I really loved, um, Han Teju, the lawyer. Um, so her whole thing, and I'm just sort of skipping ahead and skipping around, but very, very interesting to me. Like she's so driven for revenge. She wants to know who cut off her fucking thumb and ruined her marriage. And the reason that she's so distraught, um, other than the fact that she was tortured and her thumb was cut off, which is pretty clearly going to cause some trauma. But on top of this, she's mostly, I think, mainly traumatized because her husband and I, her, <laughs> not her husband and me, <laughs> I wasn't there, guys. I was just watching it on TV. But um, so Ted, you and her husband were tied up to chairs in their house at night and facing each other. And this, you know, masked, scary torturer came in chopped off her thumb, chopped off his thumb, and then went to her and said, I'm going to chop off yours next unless you want me to chop off your husband's. And she said, yes, go chop off his. And so her husband hates her, left her, goes completely psycho. And she, you know, there's this guilt, again, this guilt of making the wrong decision at that time. And also, I guess, guilt that she was so afraid and shame that she said what she said. So she's so driven to find out who did this thing, who cut off her thumb to the point where, you know, Yongun and Dr. Romantic want to catch the people above, you know, the corruption level above this particular murderer who's going around cutting people's thumbs off, who's, you know, he's just a lackey. He's someone who's sent to do things on behalf of greater powers, but she just wants that person. That's all she wants, or it's all she thinks she wants. 
which again, very interesting. She's kind of lying to herself realistically because she thinks that she'll be happy once she gets that. She feels that she can then live the rest of her life, which of course, that's not how things work. And the, the most fascinating thing to me is that about maybe towards the end of the drama, maybe sort of, you know, 45% through or so, um, Keju realizes that the man that broke into her apartment, cut off her thumb and ruined her entire life was shot in the head by somebody else very early on in the drama. And I loved it. It's so like for her, it's so unsatisfying. It's, it's horrifying. You know, she's wasted years of her life on a revenge thing against this one individual. And then he's gone and no one even knows that he did it. And he's not, you know, going to jail and she's not the one who killed him. And there's just nothing. There's no satisfaction. There's yeah, no ending for her. And I, again, I felt that was so true to life. I liked it so much. Um, and I thought it was, um, I thought it was such a good ending to that particular arc for her, that unsatisfying, unfulfilled, well, now what is she going to do? You know, she's never thought beyond that point. She just thought things would be magically okay. So very fascinating. Again, this kind of, all of them have the most interesting character arcs, I think. Um, so again, I, I've just said here, I absolutely loved the fact that I was consistently guessing the loyalties of our main characters to the point where, you know, Teju is off negotiating with some very bad people and you do not know how far she might be willing to go. Like very fascinating. And then there's this point in the drama where everything begins to point that potentially uh, Dr. Romantic himself is someone who might have murdered Yongoon's father and Yongoon is getting so fucking suspicious like it is hardcore and the tension between these two men because Dr. Romantic knows that he can't just be like well Yongoon that's not true because Yongoon's not going to listen to anything he has to say so he doesn't really bother defending himself because you can't the the fascinating thing about this whole storyline is as a viewer you don't know Maybe he did do it. Maybe he didn't. You really don't know. And that's what was so good about the writing, I think. And that's why I'm like, you know, don't listen to me talk about it until you've seen it. Because the way that it played with my expectations and really made me think that characters might potentially do terrible things was just, yeah, really clever, I think. <laughs> Uh, so, um, another thing that I really loved and a thing that I find I often get let down with in mysteries, particularly like whodunits. And there is a huge element of this show that is a bit of a whodunit, you know, it's who killed Yongoon's dad, uh, you know, mother. And also poor Yongoon, his dad gets murdered, who killed Yongoon's dad, but mainly who killed his mother and, you know, who killed, uh, who cut off Teju's thumb or, you know, who is involved in the corruption and who are the higher ups and all this kind of stuff. And the interesting thing to me that I actually found fascinating is in that first episode, you meet these two, you know, corrupt elite cops that turn up and you know that they are no good. Like, you know, they, they're walking into a man's house. They're not calling back up. They have, you know, um, clinical surgical gloves on and things are about to get really scary when Yongun interrupts. So you know straight away that they're dirty as fuck. Um, so, you know, elite evil detective Herong, you kind of flagged from the first episode that this guy is no good. 
But it takes all the way till like the very end before it's definitely flagged what he has done and just full spoilers here, obviously. Um, and he is the one who did the initial murder, the murder of Yongun's mother. And the reason behind it is fascinating. You even you don't empathize with him for doing that. That's that whole thing of, you know, once you begin doing something, no matter what the good cause is, like there's a slippery slope and he's a bad man, but you understand why he began that journey and what set him on that path. And it's, again, interesting and fascinating. Um, but what's so fascinating to me is that realistically in the first episode, you know, he's bad, you know, he's probably the guy who did it. Like one guy, even kind of, you know, the guy who's directly under him basically kind of says it sort of, um, with, you know, a big clue that's pretty obvious in the first episode. And yet the whole drama is a guessing game. The whole drama is so compelling and it is just him in the end, you know, they, they kind of think it is at the beginning and they're trying to get inf like evidence and find out, but they're following all these different threads that lead in different directions. So of course they pull them and they, you know, investigate all this other stuff, but in the end, it all just does come back to him. And he is, you know, this killer who's done this thing. And it was so satisfying, like so satisfying. And I, I just thought that was really clever because I think the thing I just like the fact that it was so obvious and yet they still made such a compelling show that it never really felt completely obvious, even though in hindsight, I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> fucking of course it was this dude. Um, and I feel like that's so much more satisfying to me than, you know, when you watch um, like some kind of mysteries I've seen where they'll have a whole host of suspects and they'll have a lot of red herrings. And every time there's a red herring, you know that that red herring didn't do it because you know that they wouldn't be investigating this person. And it's always at the end, they find out who did it and it's someone you know that you'd least expect to the point that sometimes it's ludicrous that that person would have really done it and you feel like the writer has just you know picked whoever you'd least suspect and made up some dumb reason that they did it so it's not satisfying because it doesn't feel real because there aren't any threads woven through the entire thing to make it feel right that that person did the bad thing because in this show it's woven the whole way through to the point where it's kind of obvious. And yet, because the writing, I think, is so clever and they keep you so engrossed in every different step of all these different threads of investigation and huge, intense emotional arcs of our main characters that you just get distracted. Like you just honestly kind of, you kind of know that probably, but you're so compelled by everything that's going on that you never... I don't know, you just don't dwell on it that much. Really, really clever. And in hindsight, like there's only a few sort of upper management characters that are proper characters. And yeah, they're both dirty as fuck at the end. And yet when you're watching it, you don't suspect, even though they're the only two management characters in the drama. Like, and normally in a drama, as soon as they show an upper, you know, like an upper management person, like, or, you know, chief of police, or whatever, you're like, oh, well, clearly they did it because they're the only other character. And this, the exact same, they were the only other character. But the way the show is written, you really don't necessarily think that it is them. <laughs> really fucking clever. I wish I'd written the show. <laughs> so good. I think it's about the emotional arcs. And I think maybe emotional stories that are satisfying can kind of blind you to some of that stuff in a good way. Like it's, I don't know, very clever. Anyway, um, so I really liked all the superiors. Um, so there's kind of two. Uh, 
Dr. Romantic has a direct boss guy who I really, really liked. I thought he was amazingly cast. Um, this is an actor that everyone will recognize his face. Jujin Mo. Um, he is in everything. I re- he was great. And there was then a chief of, I don't know if she was a chief of police or whatever, but again, I really liked her played by the actress Kim Soo Jin, who I'm sure people have seen and stuff as well. I have. And so she was like, you know, very high up. Um, and I loved them both. They give a lot of support to um, Dr. Romantic, um, even when everyone else in the police force is always trying to like kind of tear him down. So it's this fascinating push and pull, like really, really interesting. And I thought those side characters were really good, really liked them. Um, so I've still got a few more, but I'm, I'm nearly done with the stuff I loved. I swear. Um, I love how dark the show gets. Like it really leans into some scary shit, like murder and torture. And there's, you know, this, they find this empty lot in this field with all these like glitter, like it's that nightscape and all these glittering sort of high rise apartments in the distance and this creepy empty lot. And, you know, digging up and it's just fucking littered with bodies it's so disturbing um all the corruption and the characters just feel so murky in this show in such a good way so I like that it leaned into those things simply because I think it made the show feel like something real you know there was no easy answer and no simple kind of I don't know satisfying anything like it felt like this tangled murky thing that felt to me very true to life and I guess true to the kind of you know noir stories that I like that don't necessarily wrap things up particularly um so yeah I loved it uh what else oh I really liked um so there's a female kind of police person who I mentioned I'm played by the actress uh Park Joo-hee her character is Suyon and she's just sort of part of the little team but she's more of a side character but I did really like her um what else oh yeah and uh lawyer Teju had like a weird gangster secretary wore sunglasses indoors which seemed to be like the only sort of very k-drama-y thing like you know kind of silly thing like wearing his sunglasses non-stop but also I liked him so it was fine also this drama has some very epic cool fight scenes like really great action-y kind of stuff and so Kung Jun had to do some really mad sort of like he's supposed to be an ex um like career soldier, not Korea, career, you know what I mean? Like, you know, professional soldier. So he's very like well-trained or whatever, which again, I like that he had a backstory for why he's so good at stuff, you know? Um, so yeah, great. All that. Great. Loved it. Fucking loved it. Yep. Okay, so just because I'm fangirling like super hard, um, I'm just going to add in a small section here, which is some particular scenes that I really loved. And I'm really going to try and power through these. But if you've seen it, hopefully it'll, I don't know, bring back some good memories for you. <laughs> so I really loved there's this scene uh, when Yonggo, our main, you know, So Kung Jun's character, finally decides to trust Dr. Romantic. Um, because at this point for ages, there's been so much suspicion and we really didn't know either. And it's amazing because he kind of just decides, no, he's going to trust him. And, you know, Dr. Romantic asks Yonggoon, he's like, why? Why did you, you know, why do you believe me now when you didn't before? And Yonggoon says it's because this time, you know, lately everyone kept telling him 
that it was Dr. Romantic who killed his mother. And he remembers when he was a kid that everyone kept telling him it was his dad. And then he, you know, he's the one who did the statement and got his dad locked up. And it turns out his dad didn't do it, but has been in prison rotting away for 25 years because of, you know, Yongun believing everyone. And so I really liked that, this idea that, you know, they there's no real evidence that Dr. Romantic didn't do it or did do it. But, you know, Yongun is so fucked up. His memory keeps changing. He started to see Dr. Romantic, you know, back then doing the murder in his, you know, his dreams and stuff. It's really fucked up. And this moment where he just decides to trust, like decides to believe in Dr. Romantic because, you know, everyone just kept telling him this time that it was him and he doesn't want to make that same mistake. He cannot bear to do what he did last time. I loved it. Uh, there's another scene I really like. Um, so when, you know, Dr. Romantic, Detective Chi Guang, uh, oh, there's this, this interrogation and he gets, you know, his main boss, um, he, he's interrogating him and he actually gives him like, you know, what the guy thinks is medication, which turns out to be drugs that he seized from, you know, a different related sort of corruption case. And he basically starts giving his boss, like his boss is having a heart attack on the floor. And Dr. Romantic is trying to get information out of him. That's very, very important. And people's lives do hang in the balance. But you really do not know if he is going to end up murdering this man or not. And it's such an intense moment. Like I was just on the edge of my seat. I couldn't breathe. And it's so dark. You really think he's just going to leave him there as well. Like it's, whoa. I just love the way the drama kept playing with every time I thought I trusted someone, something would happen. And I would truly believe that maybe... You know, I just wouldn't know what was going to happen. It was very, very good scene. Um, so there's this really interesting thing that happens sort of like maybe in the first 20% of the drama, um, sort of towards the start when Yongun, you know, they, the team is sort of together, but they, they don't fully trust each other. They're not in line yet. And they're chasing down this criminal. And Yongun, I think, really wants to bring this man in alive because he really believes that this guy um, – knows information about, you know, his mother's murder and will be able to help with their investigation. But this guy has also, you know, the suspect has also got a gun and is extremely dangerous and scary. So they're out in this field. Yongun is trying to talk this guy, like he's trying to reason with him. He's trying his best to be like, you know, put the gun down, come in. I'm going to look after you. I'm going to make sure, you know, that, you know, I'll do my best for you or whatever. And then Dr. Romantic turns up. And he kind of assesses the situation. And Yongun is very, very much so in danger at this moment. But as I discussed before, Yongun is self-destructive and he does not care if he gets shot in the head. He just wants to bring this man in and find out what he knows. He doesn't care if he gets badly hurt in the process. But for Dr. Romantic, it's different. But of course, everyone's motivations are so murky that you don't quite know. Dr. Romantic ends up shooting this suspect in the head right in front of Yongun, right very close to Yongun, as in blood spray back all over Yongun's face. And Yongun is so shocked and horrified. But this is when the seed of suspicion gets in and he's like you know, did Dr. Romantic shoot that man to save my life or did he shoot that man to protect a secret? And is that secret the fact that maybe Dr. Romantic's past, you know, and his involvement in the murder of Yongun's mother 
maybe he did it. So it's very, very clever. And there's these moments. And at that point in the drama, when you're watching, like, you don't know, you don't know why Dr. Romantic did that. Like, maybe he really did. Maybe he really did it. Like, it's really, really clever. It was such a good, good scene. Um, so the, one of my favorite scenes in the whole drama that just like was so crazy exciting, um, is when Yonggun finally realizes who is Turtle. So Turtle is, you know, the nickname or whatever for the thumb cutter or offer dude. Um, and it turns out that really there are multiple Turtles, you know, they're like, basically they're police officers who something very, very bad happens to. Um, like, you know, maybe to a family member, like by a criminal or a revenge or whatever. And then they kind of see the system fail them. So you've got a lot of detectives who say, put someone in jail for murder and then see that person get let loose just a few years later. And if they maybe are personally involved in some sort of crimes, which, you know, one of the, the main guy whose turtle was, you know, you're getting these very traumatized PTSD kind of um, detectives who have seen a lot of shit and no longer believe that the law is working and that, you know, justice will be done. And therefore they're kind of getting tagged to, I guess, by higher ups who are trying to like, you know, solve bureaucratic sort of, um, issues in the police force of getting rid of criminals and, you know, solving things like that, or, you know, weird corruption things where they're involved in money-making. Um, and they're sending these guys out to kill like bad people for sure, but still it's murder, you know? Um, and so Yongun finally figures out that the particular turtle, like the particular basically assassin, I suppose, um, that murdered his mother. And that wasn't, it was sort of an accident. I mean, I think it was an accident. He certainly wasn't intending to do it. Um, was in fact this, you know, elite detective that I told you guys about from the very start of the drama, the bad guy who was obviously the bad guy. And it is that guy. Um, but by this point, you know, we've been so sidetracked with all this other exciting shit. We sort of forgot that it was him. Um, so Yongun goes to this guy's house. Like he goes to this apartment with, you know, this elite detective's wife is there and Yongun goes in and kind of, you know, he smiles at the wife and the wife brings him like fruit at the table and stuff. And then the detective gets home and he is freaking the fuck out like this is his entire life he has a daughter a little girl in the other room and the whole thing with Yongun is you don't know what he's gonna do when he finds this murderer like he doesn't you know he's not a bad guy he's not a killer he's much less murky I think than you know Teju the lawyer and also Dr. Romantic but at the same time He's so emotional around this issue that you really, truly worry that he might go and shoot this man in front of his family and then, you know, be carted off to jail. Like, you just don't know how far he'll go. And there's this most amazing, intense and tense, like, just the scene is so tense, like, um, the tension between them and... They're sitting, you know, having this discussion, but the whole time, Yongun, like in his eyes, when he's looking at this guy, you just feel like there is such a huge eruption happening inside this man that you do not know what is going to happen. And you can just see like him clamping down on it and you can just see it all in his eyes. I thought it was so like the performance of So Kung Jun in this scene, just like, whoa, it was so cool. And I was just on the edge of my seat. Like I've just, it was great. <laughs> I really loved it. It was, and it, you know, this is the big moment the whole show has been leading up to. And it was that good that I felt so satisfied. 
And you really don't know, is he going to kill this guy? Is he not? Is he going to let him go? What's he going to do? Amazing. Uh, so there was a really cool fight scene, um, kind of sort of towards the end, actually. And Yongun, you know, they've caught all these people. They've done all this stuff or whatever. And um, they, Yongun and the other female police um, police officer, Suyon, are just waiting in a car outside this, like, abandoned – oh, not abandoned, sorry, like a, you know, like a car lot place where you dis- destruct – destroy cars whatever whatever the fuck but there's a whole bunch of gangsters in there is the point and yongun's been told you know the police are on their way to arrest these guys don't go in and yongun of course immediately fucking goes in he doesn't have a gun he just goes in you know does that kind of smiley real antagonizing thing that he does makes sure that all these guys are very angry at him they all come at him and you know he's a really good fighter so he can hold his own but obviously he's getting you know half bashed up he's definitely owning all these dudes but at the same time he's getting hurt like physically hurt and it's this moment like it's a really cool fight scene it's very exciting it's very thrilling i think like the choreography is really fun and it's good but at the same time the the kind of I guess what it shows about his character is quite scary, like this absolute disregard for himself and his body and what happens to him in the future. Like it's so destructive. It's really like it's a bit frightening, I suppose, in that way, because you just feel like it's an external expression of his inner world. And also, I think Yongun, which we see in so often, like I was constantly watching this drama and I'm like, I'm just waiting for this man to explode like the emotion and the trauma and everything he's gone through is so much that I kept waiting for him to just go crazy and he wouldn't. And so often in the show, you see him clamping it down. Like you just see all this emotion in his eyes, like barely restrained, but just kind of never comes out. I kept waiting for it. But then you get a scene like this and you feel like in a way it's him just letting out all this stuff. But it's so destructive that it also makes you really worried for like what's going to happen to this man because you like him so much by this point. Like I think he's one of my favorite characters. He's so good. Uh, so what else? What else? Oh, uh, there was this other scene where, you know, they find there's sort of it's not really red herring because I do find like a different kind of turtle guy. So another one of these sort of cop assassin dudes who's done something really bad. And Teju really believes that it's the one who cut off her thumb at this point. And they end up arresting this guy or like, you know, he's sort of a bit stabbed up in the hallway or whatever. And they're standing around. And um, so Teju's there with Dr. Romantic and Suyon, the female police officer. And then Yongun turns up and he starts realizing that as far as everyone knows at this point, this man on the floor bleeding out is the person that killed his dad and killed didn't kill his mum but killed his dad oh wait he is the guy who killed his dad anyway a lot of trauma but Yongun just goes crazy like he starts trying to murder this man on the floor and everyone has to hold him back and he's just freaking out and again such good like just such a good performance and so heartbreaking it was really really good uh, I didn't explain it well, though. I explained it really, really badly. <laughs> it was great, guys. Trust me, it was so good. Um, I loved all the stuff with Yongun and his dad. Um, you really don't know what his dad has or hasn't done. And even when you kind of start to realize that he's probably not a murderer, you still understand that he's involved in some very bad shit. And he's not necessarily... A super good man. He's also been in prison for a long time and has grown quite powerful in there. And of course, that probably is a 
isn't done through being nice. (laughs) But there's these moments of very tentative sweetness between him and Yongoon, like just little things like, you know, obviously around food because it's a K-drama, but just these really tiny moments that are so moving, you know, these two people that are so estranged that you know, Yongun still doesn't trust his father. He doesn't know if his father's using him, if his father cares about him, or if his father did the bad things or not. But the tentative, just, I don't know, hope and love is just really, really moving. And I think particularly because you kind of see how Yongun's grown up. You see that he has lived completely, you know, absent from any sort of caring or love or anything like that. Pretty full on. Um, so I really liked all that. Uh, and I also liked, weirdly enough, I really liked all the scenes with Dr. Romantic, um, going to see like his superior officer, so his direct boss and the police chief lady, because, you know, in a way that I think, um, lawyer Teju and also Yongun don't have to. Dr. Romantic is still very beholden to his superiors. Like he can't do certain arrests without their approval. He can't investigate certain things without their approval because sometimes their investigation touches on, you know, political things or important people. And he's constantly having to negotiate the bureaucracy of his position, basically. And that sounds so fucking boring. And normally I'd be like, ah, talking heads in an office again, they're meeting and talking again. Everything was so compelling. Like I thought the characterization of his superiors was interesting. Like they were both really good, but him, the like just watching him kind of navigate all these impossible sort of difficult situations and try and get what he wants in this very quiet, very clever way was fascinating and so interesting. The whole drama, I just loved how he would get out of all these kind of scrapes and situations. It was really, really cool. All right. That's enough of that. I'm nearly finished. I swear. All right. Stuff that I didn't love about Watcher. No, there was nothing. (laughs) Uh, No, there was two tiny things and neither of them were a big problem but I think because it was so perfect like I've got picky but I didn't really get picky um okay so I am a romance fanatic I love romance there wasn't a romance in this drama which you know normally if I was even thinking about watching a drama and someone told me there was no romance in it I'd be like I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to watch that. (laughs) Um, So I'm very, very glad that I didn't know that there would be no romance in this drama um, because that might have stopped me from watching it and it was fucking brilliant and I'm so glad that I watched it. It's also very interesting to me to realize I can watch a show like this with no romance. Um, But there is, you know, there is this female police officer, Suyon, and I think that there, there's no, nothing real, but you know that her and Yongun are sort of very, they become friends throughout the drama, very comfortable kind of vibe between them. And she's consistently sort of, you feel like it could almost, almost, almost the whole way through and it never does. But there are a few hints, I think, and I don't know, am I reading too much into it? <laughs> I actually don't think so. I feel like that the drama does specifically hint that you do feel like there will probably be something in the future. You know, the whole drama is basically charting through this really intense case in which I think Yongun has 
you know, zero emotional capacity to deal with anything except what's going on. But you feel like when the drama ends that people are all like all the main characters, you feel that they are emotionally moving on to a better place, like that they are going to be a bit more okay from now on is the impression that I got at the end of this show. But of course, they're going to go on and investigate other things. Um, But I kind of, I really got the impression that they were hinting that there would be something between these two in the future. Or maybe that's just me. I don't know. But I think there was hints. Um, And I really liked it. I really liked them. I liked the friendship. And I definitely, you know, I could have gone with a few more hints. A few like slightly more pointed hints would have been brilliant. Um, but I do think there was there was some there. Uh, so the only real like actual for real quibble that I had with this show is, like I said at the start, there's this for me, it felt like such a big moment in understanding Yongun's character was realizing that he still lives in the same apartment where his mother was murdered. And the drama never says it so much, but, you know, it's this outward representation I think of this character being completely incapable of moving on and this is the point when we realize this it's when you start to realize that he's not just a traffic cop like there's something more going on to what his goal is you know he is there to hunt for these people and find out the truth like you realize this you know, there's more going on with him. And I think for me, him living in this horrible place and, you know, you constantly see him having, you know, these memories conjured up while he's looking at the spot on the floor and, you know, having these dreams. And then his father gets murdered there too. And it's fucked. Like, you know, how can he go and have a bath in the bathtub? Like it's completely fucked. But it it makes sense why he's there throughout the drama. And what I wanted was when the drama ended and all the hell finished and, you know, they were going to get on with their lives, I wanted just even just a throwaway comment of Yonggoon being like, oh, yeah, and I moved. (laughs) I moved fucking house and selling my apartment. I really felt like I needed that. I needed it as like just to know, like that would be such a good signal to know that he was going to be okay. Um, I would have loved it, but it wasn't there, but whatever. In my head it was. I'm imagining it was. Um, All right, so I'm just going to move on very quickly to the end of the drama Watcher. So I fucking loved it. I... I think I watched this whole drama in absolute fear that it couldn't stay as good as what I felt it was from the very first moment it started. I was like, there's no way they can keep up this pace with the plot. There's no way they can keep me guessing. And then, of course, towards the end of the drama, I was like, there's no way that they can land a satisfying ending. Like, how could they keep this up? Um, They did. They such a satisfying ending to me. And what I mean by that is... And I don't know, I think it might be a personal taste thing in that, you know, my kind of love of detective stories definitely leans towards the noir and noir generally means, you know, not really good and evil and definitely good does not necessarily win. So I think noir for me anyway, kind of is the idea of more real world kind of mysteries, like real world stories in which people don't always get what they want and things don't always completely work out. And I think this drama just was so good with the way it handled its ending. Um, I felt really satisfied that it suited the rest of the show in this murkiness around people's motives from the rest of the show. Um, So basically, you know, they, one of the bad guys gets murdered. So, you know, 
he's gone. Um, the main guy who did kill Yongun's um, mother gets arrested. But we find out last minute, you know, and this is great. Everyone's like, woohoo, isn't this brilliant? Um, sort of, they're like that. <laughs> they're pretty depressed. <laughs> anyway, so this is the elite detective, Herong. He gets arrested. But just as he's getting pulled away, he says um, to, I think it, oh, to, um, to Yongun that, I think it was Yongun, yeah, he says to Yongun, like, oh, well, the person, you know, maybe I did do this hit because he's killed someone recently. That's what he gets done for. And he's like, yes, maybe I did kill that person, but the person who told me to do it is this, you know, this police chief woman or whatever she is, um, who's a great character throughout the drama and someone that you really feel is above reproach. You don't really feel like she's involved in the corruption. And the impression I got at the end is that she wasn't. But I think she sort of inherited sort of one of the higher positions in this sort of secret murdery group because that's what power and politics is. You know, it's about connections and favors. And she's an ambitious woman with politician dreams is the impression I got. So I think that she kind of gets her hands dirty towards the end. And Yongun is... He's horrified, but it's very interesting. I can't remember if it was Yongun or bloody uh, Dr. Romantic. Anyway, the point of all this <laughs> is that Yongun realizes at the end of the drama that um, he finds it very strange. After everything that's happened, their corruption team is allowed to continue. And Dr. Romantic is allowed to head up the corruption team, like the internal corruption team. And he's been given like quite a lot of freedom to continue you know, with this quest to get rid of corruption. And everyone thought that they were going to get shut down because politically no one wants them to find any more corruption in the police because it's fucking bad for the press. But for some reason, you know, Dr. Romantic has been let loose at the end of the drama. So we know, oh, they're going to keep doing this, you know, going forward. So Yongun realizes that in order to get that, he has in fact made a deal with the chief of police lady because he knows the truth that she was involved in, you know, a murder, basically. She ordered a hit and he's letting her go in exchange for getting what he wants, which is, you know, her out of the building and him set free to investigate corruption. So it's really interesting. And this is the whole thing of like Watcher means you know, they're watchers, they're police officers and detectives, they're watching to see what people do. But at the end, Yongun's like, so who, you know, who watches you, like to Dr. Romantic? And it's this point where you realize that Dr. Romantic has stepped over the line, like at the very end of the drama and multiple times throughout it. But when you think that everything's good and dandy and great, he has actually stepped over the line and he's done something that is a slippery slope towards not good places. And Yongun has picked up on it and Yongun basically is like I'm you know I'm going to be watching you like that sounds cheesy because the drama's called Watcher but you know what I mean it's like I really liked it at the end I liked the fact that Teju's whole revenge lawyer Teju just fizzled out into nothing and I like the fact that there's this added complication now of you know Dr. Romantic being he's a little bit stepping over the line <laughs> now it's uh, Yongun's job to just sort of make sure that guy doesn't do anything he shouldn't do. Um, so I, I found the ending extremely satisfying and brilliant. 
Did you, did you guess that I thought it was brilliant? The whole drama, I mean? <laughs> All right, I better stop talking. So uh, my favorite thing was everything, but mainly it was how I felt while I was watching it. I feel like I was so addicted, like just getting up so early to watch a drama because I was so obsessed. I just couldn't deal with having to go a whole like day without, you know, waiting until the night to watch it. And I would have called in sick, except that I actually have a good job, so I couldn't. <laughs> Um, I mean, I work for nice people and I felt guilty. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I and also I think Yongoon's character was another thing that was my favorite. I think if you're a So Kang Joon fan, you've got to watch this. He's so good in it, but also his character is amazing. I think he's one of my favorite characters now. Um, so my least favorite thing about the K-drama Watcher is just the fact that I can never watch it for the first time again because <laughs> now I've already watched it which sucks. Yeah, I really just want to watch it all over again from the start, but having not seen it. Um, all right. So I'm actually going to shut up now. I'm going to go. Thank you so much for listening to me waffle on about the K-drama from 2019 starring the wonderful Sir Kung Joon called Watcher. me to the very end of this week's episode thank you so very much for listening to my show this week and thank you hugely to all those people who've decided to support the show on patreon thank you all so very much i super super appreciate it Alrighty, i'm gonna head off um hopefully i will catch you here again next week for another episode um waffling about k-drama of course have a lovely week everybody bye